You are listening to The Happy Gynecologist with your host, Amanda Miles, MD. Hey, y'all. Welcome back to The Happy Gynecologist podcast, episode number 158, How to Better Handle Bureaucratic BS. (laughs) All right, friends. I'm so glad you're back. Thanks for joining me again. This week, we are going to be talking about one of the biggest contributors to burnout, which is um, bureaucratic tasks. <laughs> it's kind of a wide, a wide umbrella of things. Um, but 61% of docs report that too many bureaucratic tasks have led to their burnout. Okay, that's according to the Medscape survey, at least. So today, that is what we're going to be talking about is like, how do we better handle all of the bureaucratic bullshit that is a part of all of our lives, right? And so whenever I think about this, you know, I kind of think about it as, you know, it's different for me um, than charting, okay? And, and so for charting and doing things with the, within the EMR to care for patients, those are things that are required uh, for our job so that we can continue for, you know, to care for patients, right? And and they're actively usually caring for patients, right? They're like a direct part of patient care, like for handoffs or um, to get them the care they need or send the, the prescription or answer their question or give them their results, right? And so for me, anything within the EMR is its own entity. <laughs> I don't really lump that stuff with bureaucratic tasks in my own brain, but some out there do, Okay, Um, and so what I want to kind of talk about today are the things that I consider to be in the bureaucratic bullshit category. Um, These are things, um, and there there are many more things probably out there, but these are kind of the big things that I coach a lot of people about um, and that I have had to work on personally. Um, And these things are like prior authorizations, like, you know, you have to like fill out for someone to get imaging or a medication, license renewals, you know, um, uh, our ACOG dues, those kinds of things, required trainings. So any type of training that you have to do to maintain your privileges or, uh, you know, your job requires you to do, right? Uh, your hospital requires you to do. Um, committee meetings. And then things like, things that are educational like CME and maintenance of certification um, you could probably lump boards into this um, for our our younger happy gynecologist listeners out there. Um, and so the things that, you know, are educationally required, right? And so I I want you to kind of think about these things in a different way before we even start this whole talk, okay? We're all about mindset here, right? So I want you to remember, like, these things seem really annoying, and they seem like they shouldn't be a part of our life. Uh, We shouldn't have to do all this bullshit all the time and jump through all these hoops. Uh, You know, this shouldn't even be a thing, right? Yet, here they are, right? We have have to do them, right? (laughs) That's just the truth of the matter. They, do I wish that wasn't true? Sure, right? But as my grandpa used to say, you can wish in one hand and shit in the other and see which one fills up faster, right? (laughs) So do I wish with all my being that we didn't have to do a prior auth ever again? Yes, of course. But these things are here to stay at least for now. And fighting against that doesn't get us anywhere productive. Okay, that doesn't help us move forward. It doesn't help us get them done. <laughs> right. And so so being mad about it doesn't change much. And you're allowed to be mad. I don't care. You can be mad about it. It's fine. Uh, negative feelings are, are part of it. Right. But, you know, these things are 
part of what may be considered broken in the medical system, right? We don't like them. They're there, though. And what we like to focus on here is like, how do we thrive despite that medical broke, you know, that broken medical system, right? That medical system being broken. How do we do that? Because that's what we're here to figure out. And step one is to accept that these things are required uh, for us to do our job, essentially. They're not our favorite part by any means, but they are vital to doing what we do. So they must be done. And that makes them actually very important, right? Because if I don't do these things, then I can't do my job, right? Um, And so often we kind of consider these things as unimportant. Like I shouldn't be using my time and my energy to do these things. I should be operating. I should be delivering. But these are the things that are required so that we can go on doing the, you know, clinical type things, right? So I guess that they are, they're pretty damn important, right? So I want you to kind of think of that. Like these are actually important things because they're required. <laughs> and so we need to place some importance on them and, and allow ourselves to give them the time that they need because that's often a big source of stress for us is that we don't allow the time or we don't help ourselves find the time for some of these things. So, um, and then we do it last minute and then we're cussing it the whole way. And so um, let's just kind of go through each one of these things, okay? And let's talk about different ways to think about it, different ways to better handle the bureaucratic bullshit, okay? So for prior auths, okay, let's start there. In my office, I, you know, I know that there are certain meds that are going to make me fill out a prior auth, right? Or me and my team. And we, we as, a, as a team, we now send those meds only to certain pharmacies. And we actually have, we have a really nice pharmacy that is in our state that um, will actually do the prior auths for us, okay? It is a, um, not a big box store, I will tell you that. Um, but they will do the prior auths for us, and then they overnight the meds to the patient after they text the patient saying, hey, is this price okay, right? It's like genius, <laughs> It's genius. My my nurses love it. My patients love it. And so for the meds that we know that we're going to have a hard time with, we tell the patients like, well, the best chance of you getting this cheaply and quickly is um, for us to send it to this uh, specialty pharmacy. And honestly, patients love that. The, the um, thing that we do not like dealing with, obviously, is some of the big box store pharmacies. Um, they're never going to help you and they may even make the prior auth process harder, which you may already know. Um, but it's, um, I, I want you to, to consider like, if there are other options, like, um, maybe some smaller pharmacies or even more distant pharmacies, um, with the quick turnaround shipping like this, right. Um, for imaging or, um, other services, my kind of rule is like, if I get a prior auth sent to me um, for something more than once, then um, I'm going to make a copy of those questions and I'm going to use that to guide um, what my note says. So I change my quick text to include the things that that prior auth wants so that whenever my staff is then getting another prior auth for that, you know, that one type of ultrasound with this one insurance, you know, whatever, um, then my staff just goes through checking all the boxes. Yes, 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 yes. Easy, streamlined. Um, and it, you know, so, so we try and make it easy. So if I'm getting more than one of those, I'm changing my quick test text to include the things that it wants so that we can get it covered. And then, you know, for the the pharmacy thing, I would encourage you, like, have your office staff, like, if you're operating or something and they've got a few minutes, have them call some of the smaller 
local pharmacies. See if any of them offer to do prior auths for you. Um, see if any of them have any types of services, because a lot of times they will, um, and they are doing some of that stuff because they want your business. Um, and so we've got a couple little local pharmacies that go above and beyond as well. So if you if you don't routinely like do that, you know, use these kind of types of pharmacies. I encourage you to do it. And if not, okay, can you have like a, a streamlined thing that you document that's just a quick text? You just tell your dragon to put it in there, you know, for that med to get it covered. Um, something like that. How can you make it super easy? Now, it may take a few minutes up front, but it's going to save you hours in the long run. So it's time well spent, okay? We don't have to bitch about the prior auths anymore if it's super quick and easy. Okay, and we don't have to feel like we're, you know, slogging through the trudges, uh, you know, the, the uh, burnout uh, trenches, right? Like we're like, like, this is so awful. Every time I get one of these, we don't have to do that if we can make it easy for ourselves. Okay, it's all a game, uh, you know, that the insurance companies are are running. It's a racket, honestly, but you know, it's all a game and guess what? But they give you the rules to how to win every time they send you one of those papers. So that's that's what I'm doing. <laughs> um, if you guys have better ideas on what your office does, let me know and I'll I'll uh, I'll, I'll give an update on the next episode or two. Okay, um, okay. So things like let's move on to the next topic. Like so, other things that create a lot of like bullshit bureaucratic tasks for us: license renewals, DEA renewals, membership renewals. Okay, these are all those things that require you to log on and do some stuff. You know every year, which usually seems like it's a really, really shitty time, it's inopportune time, um, or the website doesn't work well, or anything like that, okay? Something, it's just frustrating usually for us. And so I've recently been trying to get organized on this. And so what, uh, something that I found helpful is I made a very, uh, very, very extremely basic spreadsheet. <laughs> and uh, essentially, it just lists out each thing that I've, I've have to renew. Like I've entered them in whenever I go through and I renew it, I just add it to this little spreadsheet. And so now I have a running log of when things renew. And it's just something I started, it doesn't add any time to renewing it really. But now I have a list of when things renew. And it's kind of a protective layer for me. Because if you're employed, usually, usually, usually someone is helping you, um, know if you need to renew something, but sometimes things fall through the cracks, um, which I have witnessed. Um, or if you were in private practice, maybe you're in charge of your own. And so just having this list of everything that I renew and the date that I renewed it, how long it lasts, what it costs, uh, that helps with taxes or reimbursement for your employer if you're employed. And it doesn't sneak up on me. Because you don't want to be trying to renew your medical license on the very last night when their website is overloaded by everyone else that waited too, <laughs> and now you're in a panic, right? Or you get stuck in a delivery that night, and then you have to pay a late fee or whatever else happens if, if you don't renew it in time. I don't, hopefully it's just a late fee, I don't know. Um, so make some sort of running list so you, you have that and it'll tell you the date that you last renewed, how much money you paid, when it will renew next, right? Because some of these things, I mean, some of these things are like every other year or every few years and, um, you know, I'm just, um, you know, I don't know. It's hard to remember. I don't remember that shit. So, you know, I, I think it's helpful to have a list. You could even put a reminder in your calendar for that date with a reminder and set it to, to pop up on your calendar every year to remind you, hey, 
you need to go do this, right? Um, and so when I, I think about doing these things, I usually make a plan to do these things on my call weekends or on a call night. And so I will, like, if I know, okay, I got that, I, I know I need to renew my medical license, or I know I need to, you know, pay my ACOG dues, whatever it is, okay, I'm on call um, on this weekend, so Saturday morning, I'm going to go in and around at the hospital, I'll go to the office for a little bit, and get those things done, right? And the key here is, like, having a plan for exactly when you're going to do it, <laughs> And just doing what you plan, not getting sucked into clearing out all of your task box or whatever, whenever you go to the office, you know, make a plan um, so that you don't get sidetracked and it doesn't turn into this big, you know, dramatic thing. Make it easy. <laughs> okay. And the, the, whenever, whenever you do that, like make a plan, put it on your calendar and then do it during that time. Don't, don't, uh, you know, put it off and definitely don't put it on your calendar for the night before it's due. Okay, I mean, we all know that, right? But how many times do we just put something off? Do it as soon as you can. I've started like taking this approach with anything. Like if I get a notice that I need to renew something, I'm like, okay, right now, let me just go do it. Um, or I'll like, if I have time, if I'm not doing anything, I'll do it right then. Or I'll make a plan like, okay, I'm on call uh, tomorrow night. I'll do that uh, before I leave the office because I'll probably be going to the hospital right after that anyway. So like I'll have, I'll have, I'll be in work mode still. So I'll get that done then. And so make a plan to try and do it as soon as you can, because we often kind of put it off like it's like this thing that's annoying. So we don't want to do it. So we procrastinate. But then your brain has to try to remember to do it. And it's going to try to remember to do it at like 2 a.m. whenever it wakes you up in a panic. <laughs> right. And that's less than helpful. Right. So when when you're you're making your plan, consider doing it at a time that you're already in work mode. Maybe you're, you're on call, you're in between deliveries, or maybe, um, you know, you're right after you round on a weekend or something like that. And that way, I don't feel like I'm missing out on my downtime by doing the bureaucratic BS, right? Like, it just feels like, okay, work mode, this is part of work mode, right? Because whenever I do it at home, it, it, that's whenever I feel resentful about having to do it, right? I'm like, gosh, I shouldn't be having to do this in my free time. <laughs> right? I'm supposed to be enjoying time with my family. Well, no, I should have work mode off so that I can do that. Home mode on, right? We talked about that. And and yeah, there's no reason to get resentful if I'm doing it at work, okay? It takes two minutes. Well, probably a little bit longer because I continue. Maybe I need to add. Okay, let, let's go back. Add a what's your password um, to your Excel sheet. I'm going to do that because inevitably I have to reset my password every damn time, no matter what I'm renewing, because I don't remember. And it seems like my, my computer should remember it, but it doesn't. Anyway, I'm, I'm going to add that. I'm going to add a column with a password. <laughs> Save myself time, right? Um, and so, so make it you know, something that's easy for your brain to do. Okay, don't make it this big, oh, this is such bullshit that I have to do this every year kind of thing. Okay, and so also something to think about is if you have several of these things, stack them, just stack them and plan a time if, if that's easier for you. Okay, so like if I know that I need to send a, a receipt for some CME stuff, to my office manager to get reimbursed, and I know I need to renew my ACOG dues, well, I'm going to have to submit that for reimbursement. Let me do all that at once. Let me do that in one sitting. I can use momentum to get shit done, okay? So if you can stack it, stack it with other stuff that's similar, okay? Um, the next thing is like the trainings, okay? 
required trainings, maybe your hospital requires it. Um, these are things like ACLS, BLS, PALS, NRP, right? Maybe if you're in academics, maybe there's other types of trainings like IRB trainings or resident education trainings. Um, maybe this is like diversity inclusion trainings for your, for your institution, right? Um, whenever we have these, I want you, the first and foremost, to make sure you block off enough time for these in a way that is actually like realistic and kind, okay? We often kind of think about these things as like less than our daily work, okay? And so we don't give them the same importance. So what happens is like we won't block off enough time and maybe we're like in a, in a tizzy whenever we have to go to NRP for a whole afternoon, when we usually be in clinic, but we didn't block it off until last minute. So the patients that were in the afternoon now got shifted to the morning and you're running around crazy and you're like pissed and resentful that you had to do this this afternoon because you, you just got killed in morning clinic. And so it's like, you know, we set ourselves up sometimes, not meaning to, but sometimes we do. Okay. Um, and I'm guilty of this. I'm raising my hand right now <laughs> where you really pay for being out at that training. Okay. So I want you to think about as soon as you schedule that training, make a plan with your office staff to build in some breathing room for the day before or the day after to put those OB patients on or make a plan for a mid-level or a partner to see a couple of those people so that you're not overburdening yourself by, by doing this required training, okay? If you're, it, it's kind of same thing whenever it's on a weekend, okay? If you have to go to a weekend training course or a multi-day training or something like that, I encourage you to count this as work and give yourself back some time. Meaning if you do a full day Saturday training because it's required for your job, consider taking off a day, you know, plan that ahead, plan that, you know, Monday off because you're going to have other stuff that you wanted to do or needed to do on that weekend and you deserve to have that downtime because that is work, okay? And so plan, plan that accordingly. Allow this to be as important as work because it is required for you to continue doing your job. So it is just as important as revenue generating things, right? I know it doesn't, you know, generate revenue directly, but it allows you to continue doing all the other parts that are revenue generating. So that is pretty important, y'all, okay? I also want you to kind of think about too, as soon as you book this course, you know, make a plan, build in some time for any pretests or reading ahead of time. Even if that's blocking off, you know, an hour one morning in clinic to do it. Because we often are like, oh, yeah, well, I can't do that, right? That's the first thing I guarantee you, uh, you know, I don't know how many percent, uh, maybe 100% of y'all's brains are doing. Is <laughs> like, nope, can't do that. That's, that's dumb. I can't do that, you know. But like, why not? Can you block off that time like you would for a dentist appointment? This is required for the training, can you do it? You know, can you block yourself if you if you're doing an afternoon training? Can you block yourself, you know, even time in right before you go do your training to do the pretest and the reading? Right? Like extend the time that you're blocking. Maybe you need a full day blocked if even if it's an afternoon so you can do the reading and the quizzes and all that stuff that's required first, okay? If it comes with stuff like that, okay? So think of this as important work and that it is allowing you to do the revenue generating stuff, okay? And so, so consider it on the same level if you need to. All right, next thing, committees and meetings, y'all. 
So one of those things that I'm told a lot, <laughs> and I, I've experienced this as well, but I have a little different take on it, okay? But so many people, they come to me and they tell me, well, I was voluntold, I have to be on this committee, and we have to meet, and it's just terrible, and it takes so much time, and it's a waste of my time, and yada, 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 right? And so I think of it a little differently, because where I work, and it may be the same where you're at. I'd check your, your policies, okay? Where I work, it is part of me having hospital privileges that we take turns on committees. And so I kind of view that as like part of what I pay to play, right? So to be able to operate and to deliver at this hospital facility to make a living, I agree that I will go to some meetings. Um, and so, and trying to help better things, right? And so if you're, if you're one of those that has been voluntold to be on a committee, I want you to look at your hospital bylaws about privileges. And it, it may be part of, of the privileging, okay? So it may be something you just need to accept that this is part of what it takes to have privileges at this facility, okay? And, you know, do I think you should be paid for your time? Yes, of course I do. Of course I do. Do I think that serving on a committee and being an active participant can, you know, actively build relationships with other docs that then send you referrals and you actually do gain financially from being there? Also, yes. Okay. So I think of it as this is also networking that gains me referrals and essentially pays me for my time. Okay. Um, it's like free advertising. <laughs> it's like something like that. Think of it in your head a different way. It's an indirect way of generating more revenue. Okay. So whether you have to be there or not, or whether your department chair says you have to be there, even though it's not in your bylaws, whatever. Okay. But you are gaining from this. If you go and you show up as an active participant and you, you know, get to know the other docs, right? And so, so either way, however you want to think about it, meetings, can take up valuable time, okay? So if you can't be excused from serving on a committee and be sure to investigate what is required, okay, then if you can't be excused, if you have to, it's part of your privileging or there's no way around it because the department chair said so, okay, okay, then use your powers for good, okay? Can you be an active participant that encourages brief meetings or even emails if the agenda is short? Like, can you be a steward of good, efficient meetings, <laughs> because everyone else out there that has, you know, this meeting invite is thinking it, but no one else may offer up that idea of like, hey, what, what do we need to have a meeting this time? Can we, can we do it on email since there's nothing really important on the agenda? Um, or offer other options that are more time efficient, if that applies, like a quick 10 minute Zoom, right? You know, can you be someone that uses your leadership skills to, to encourage that or to encourage keeping a meeting on track, like with the agenda, if you're there, so that you can be productive, not waste your time, not waste other people's time, right? Use your powers for good, <laughs> not only in whatever the meeting is addressing, but it, just in stewardship of being mindful of your own time, because not everyone out there knows about being super intentional about their time, right? We're learning that here. 
So maybe we can lead by example and spread the love that like it doesn't have to be this big, long, drawn out thing. And it's okay to cancel a meeting or change what that meeting looks like if there's not you know, a valid reason to actually meet. And so, so think about that. How can I lead by example? How can I use my powers for good? Okay. And if you're someone that is, you know, someone that volunteers themselves to help on a lot of committees, and then maybe you regret it later (laughs) because you have too much on your plate, I want you to try to consider how, how might you be more effective in serving these committees, if you had more downtime and can focus on the ones that held the most importance to you, okay? I know we like to feel important. We like to feel helpful. Like, of course, like we're doctors, right? We, we like that stuff. It makes us feel good about ourselves. So, but being stretched thin over a lot of committees will never be as effective as being well-rested and like on your game while serving on a couple of really important committees, Okay. So if you're someone that's like, yeah, I collect committees, (laughs) then I want you to think about that, okay? If you get yourself into something that's, you know, a committee that isn't required for you, but now you would like out, (laughs) I want you to consider using ChatGPT to give you a script for what to say to get out of it, okay? Hell, you can ask ChatGPT to give you 20 ways to communicate professionally um, that I need to step down from a committee. And it will give you like 20 different email drafts, essentially. Find one that sounds good. You copy, paste that, send that to all the committees you're going to step down from. Okay, so if you're someone that's like, I don't even know what to say. I'm scared. I There's lots of professional ways to say this. If you aren't, if you aren't able to, to, you know, do that in a way that, that you like, then go use ChatGPT. Give me 20 ways to write an email that is professional, that helps me step down from this committee um, in, in a way that's graceful. You know, whatever you want to tell it, it'll give you a lot of options and then it's super easy. Okay. Um, and so, so make it easy on yourself. Okay. And don't make it about you. You know, this is, these committees, they, they will go on functioning, even if you're not there and you can still talk to the committee members to give them your input if you'd like, okay? You don't have to be on the committee to, to be an active, you know, voice. You can still, like, say, hey, I know you're on this committee. Here are some thoughts I had. And they take that to their committee, okay? That's what committees are for. It's like, you know, like government. They're representing all the docs, right? So think about that. All right, y'all. The last kind of section where we're talking about, like, required education, like CME, maintenance of certification, boards, whatever it is, okay? Every state out there is different with their CME requirements. So I just encourage you, like, know what your license requires. If you have multiple licenses, you may want to add that to your little Excel spreadsheet, okay? Because there, that way there's no question. Um, and, you know, because some places it's, it's weird, you know, where there's a certain amount of credits every third year and, you know, I don't know, every state's different. So keep track of that somewhere as well, um, because you might not remember when time comes to submit and you don't want to be surprised. I found myself in that situation a few years back where it was like, okay, I'm renewing my, my state medical license. And it's like, oh, it's the third year. Where are your CME credits? And I'm like, Oh, I mean, I'm, I'm sure I've done some, but, uh, like, you know, I, I didn't have that, like the certifications or like little certificates or anything like to submit. And so I'm gonna tell you, this is, this is what I did. Okay. And I'm, I'm not ashamed to tell you, I went and downloaded up to date that very, that very minute. <laughs> I bought my own up to date, 
um, you know, subscription. And I sat and like Googled it up to date and uh, like a million different things that night and got my credits. And that's what I've continued to do now, except I just renew my up to date every year and it keeps a running tally of however many hundreds of things. So now I just keep uh, up to date open now <laughs> and I use it to like look up, you know, uh, drug dosing and, and antibiotic dosing and stuff like that all the time. Um, I look, I use it to look up stuff that I haven't dealt with in a while. Um, and it'll keep the latest, you know, ACOG recs too. Um, so it's quicker for me than actually searching through and coming through the practice bulletins. But so I usually start there and it just like everything you search, it gives you CME. And so then you just print out a nice little certificate whenever you're renewing your license and you forgot, Oh crap, where did I put my little certificate from my, from that course I did, you know, two years ago. <laughs> well, you don't have to, to worry about it. You just go to, to up to date and print it. Anyway, so that's my advice. I let it be really easy by doing that. Um, so, but the, the, the other thing is, is just like stay organized with it. Okay. Know what your requirements are. Make it easy for yourself. Um, if you're someone that goes and does courses, you know, uh, the past couple of years have been weird with, with the COVID. So now we're finally coming out of that. We can travel now. Um, so, you know, just have those things stored in a certain place um, and and keep track of that. Um, because a lot of times, yeah, they give you like a piece of paper for some, some of these things. Sometimes it's digital. That's great. Um, but keep them in a folder somewhere um, so that you remember where they're at. But, you know, the, the other thing is, is that for maintenance and certification, I want, you know, we are all notorious, I think, um, for putting this off. And so I want you to know, you don't have to wait till October, or November to sign up and start doing those articles, right? Um, and and I'm, I'm guilty of it too. I am, I am. So my biggest advice is just to make a plan. You know me, I love plans. For when you're going to do that, so it's not stressful. If you prefer to do it last minute, okay, fine. Just make the time to sit down and knock it out, okay? So what <laughs> with any of this required stuff okay i i especially trainings or or classes or you know cme moc whatever board studying do it in a way that is uninterrupted and efficient okay don't be trying to do it with netflix on and in between laundry loads that's going to take you forever okay so set aside some time decide how long you want to give your attention to this and knock it out Okay, because I, I think I've talked about Parkinson's law a long time ago, but Parkinson's law says that the task that you that you have at hand will take the amount of time that you give it. So if you give yourself all day, guess what? It's going to take all day. <laughs> if you set a time limit of a couple hours, guess what? It's going to take a couple hours, most likely. Okay, it doesn't seem like that could be true, but it totally is. I want you to test it. Having a deadline is what creates urgency and motivation. So that's why a lot of times we, we say, oh, I do my, my best work at the last minute, right? Because we have that urgency and we have that deadline and it motivates us. So we get it done, no problem. So create your own deadline and time limit. Plan when you will do that. You can do that on a random Tuesday night. It doesn't have to be the night that it's due, okay? So, you know, make a plan when you're going to do it. Set aside, you know, the amount of time that you want to give it and then do it. Turn off all your, your Netflix, all your notifications, and just knock that shit out, okay? And so the next bit of advice I have is plan something that is fun and non-negotiable right after, okay? It's kind of a little, little carrot on the stick, right? Um, you're dangling that carrot. So that way, you have to finish so that you can do, go do that fun thing, 
and you'll be motivated to focus in and just get it done quickly. Okay, so make plans with someone else, maybe so that you're accountable um, can also give you a strong sense of I got to get this done so I can go do this fun thing. Okay, Um, and give you that motivation. So that's that's my trick for how I get it done. And so I I try to plan in and do it ahead of time. I though I do I will tell you. Okay, I'm not someone that that logs on early and does it because, you know, uh, with the sometimes they add articles at the end and like, you know, I want to have the full range of things to choose from. So I do put it off until the fall. Okay, so I start working on it right around now, uh, but I make a plan. Okay, I'm either going to, you know, do half of it tonight and half of it in a couple weeks. Um, You know, I'll sometimes break it up into small doable bites um, and or I'll sit down. I'll say, look, I'm on call this weekend. Um, this Sunday morning after I go around, I'm going to sit down in my office and knock that out. Okay. And I just make that happen. Now, whenever I'm on call, that always, you always run the risk of being interrupted. And so if I, if I, you know, interrupted, that's maybe less, um, uh, of the focus time, right? It's less, um, of an efficient time, but it also, it also helps me not be resentful about having to do it at work or at home. Because as you've heard me say, I don't bring my work home. So I'm going to do it at a time that I'm in work mode. Okay. All right, friends. So that's what I've got for you for how to better handle all the bureaucratic bullshit. <laughs> um, and so I want you to put some of these things to, to, to the test. Try it. Okay. Even if it's just one thing, what one thing could I implement today to better handle the bureaucratic bullshit? Because, you know, if, if 61% of y'all out there are struggling with this, this is where we need to start. Okay. Um, the other thing is, is if you find that your burnout is mostly coming from call, I want you to go download the column call checklist. Okay. You need to stop dreading call right now. So go start doing those things. Okay. Um, those are simple, easy things, little check boxes. You can do it every time you're on call. Um, or you can have one every week, one little checklist for each week. Um, however you want to do it, you can start with one checkbox you want to, you want to meet. Okay. Make it easy for yourself. Um, but go download that. So you have it, you can print off a million copies and keep some everywhere you are. Um, and that way you, you aren't using, you know, you aren't having call as, as a big contributor for your burnout as well. Okay. Cause that's kind of like bureaucratic bullshit too. So, uh, <laughs> all right, friends, you can get that at coach-miles.com forward slash checklist. I will put that link in the show notes. All right, y'all. I will see you guys next week. Love ya. Bye. Thanks for tuning in. Remember, you can always get more free help from me by going to my website, www.coach-miles.com and clicking on free resources. If this work has helped you and you're interested in learning more about getting out of burnout and up-leveling your life as an OBGYN, definitely check out my six-month coaching program, The Happy Gynecologist Group. You can always get more information on my website, coach-miles.com.